0: Welcome back to Our Street, Lynn Fisher, with my buddy Kurt Elder. As always, Kurt, how are you doing today? Lynn, I'm well, and I'm excited for today as we're kicking off a new miniseries. Okay, so uh, we brought today to the show. I think uh, uh, folks that are new to the, Our Street—I don't know if you're new to KZUM—but uh, from Habitat for Humanity, we have uh, Josh Hanshaw, who is the CEO and Deanna Waltz, who is the director uh, of marketing. Is that correct?
1: Yep, De- development and marketing.
0: For development right. and marketing,
1: okay. Yeah, I get to wear a bunch of hats. <laughs> Len,
2: before we get too much for that, I just wanted to just share with our listeners just what this mini series is, uh, just to get some clarity on that. Uh, we're into that period of season before the elections and we hear so much, and Lynn and I are both involved in, in housing. We talk about housing issues so much. And so I wanted to learn more from the development side of housing. What is it that you do? What are your challenges? If you had the magic wand to you know fix things or do things that would make your life easier or more, more profitable, or if we would get to an end goal, what, what does that look like? And just tell me more. Just just give it to me. And so,
3: sure. well, thanks for having us today. Um, <clears throat> I've been at Habitat for Humanity uh, for eight years, and I've been serving as CEO during that time. Uh, been working in the nonprofit field for uh, 15 plus years. Um, when I moved to Lincoln, I had um, worked at a couple of other nonprofits, including a children's museum, uh, regional hospital, uh, American Cancer Society, a few other places, mostly doing uh, fundraising and marketing. Uh, so Habitat is my first opportunity in affordable housing. Uh, but I'm enjoying the challenges that, that come along with that. Um, and it's, been a, it's been a good
1: ride so far in
0: Habitat. So Deanna, tell us about yourself.
1: Sure. So uh, my background is originally in radio broadcast, oddly enough that this is a radio program. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I actually had an opportunity to first volunteer on a Habitat job site 17 years ago. And it was, um, yeah, I showed up on the job site as part of a radio bit and, um, you know, it was kind of messing around, didn't know anything about building a house and all the volunteers were so kind and generous, put their arm around me and said, come on over here, we're gonna teach you how to pour a foundation. And I walked away from the experience that day with more than I gave. And ever since then, Habitat has had a huge impact on my heart knowing uh, how important it is for families to build generational wealth through home ownership, um, you know, putting down roots in a community and um, making, you know, building a community, literally, when you get a chance to to make connections with your neighbors. So when the opportunity presented itself two years ago to dive in and be a part of something huge, I jumped at it.
2: Fantastic. So how I thought we would do this is the name Habitat for Humanity, many people know, but for those that don't know, could you just give us, what is it that you do for our community and, and how do you do it?
3: Well, I'll give kind of the, I'll give part of it. Um, so yeah, Habitat for Humanity is well known. We've been around for uh, between well going on almost 50 years now. Uh, and in Lincoln, it's been 35 years. And we've been uh, doing a lot of important work in the community around affordable housing. Uh, we were founded uh, by local churches, local leaders, uh, who knew even back in the late 80s that affordable housing was an issue. Uh, and it continues to this day. We've been um, mostly in new construction, but we also do rehab and repairs as well for um, people who own their homes, who just need some uh, some repairs on their homes, but they might fit in that lower income category. And so we provide those services as well, which we can get into more a little bit more on how that works um, later. but. Um that's mostly what habitat does we don't uh, build houses and give them away. we build houses alongside volunteers and future homeowners and sell them to those um, home buyers at an affordable cost for them uh, we also operate a restore, which is a thrift store uh, for building materials appliances furniture, etc that helps fund our mission
2: I know that we'll you know probably touch on it later, but just briefly now it's the restore store is where at
3: yeah so the restore is located at 56 the Nebraska Parkway uh, it's in uh the Ed shopping center I think is technically uh the building or the area that it's in uh, and it's if if you're familiar with Lincoln it's the old Kmart building and the
1: old oh, yes. uh seven day furniture building is where we're at now I don't know if I'm ever gonna get used to calling it Nebraska Parkway yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, to me, I'm like, what? Where is that? I don't know. <laughs> highway
0: two, there we go. Highway two. Yeah, yes. I, 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 I. But don't, I, I, but don't I, put I, Highway two then. in your Google. You'll never get there.
2: <laughs> so you know, I guess I, I think it's okay to jump into meat and potatoes of things. Can you tell us a little bit about how you build a home? I know you said that you know that you work alongside volunteers, but. There's still lines of financing, funding, stream planning, marketing—you know, getting the biggest and bang for your buck through the whole process. Uh, Deanna, can you walk us through some of that, or if Josh, you—if you feel like that's better for you, just. Well, I I
1: can at least start with the home ownership selection process, and then Josh can talk a little bit more about financing. So we hold a a home ownership application session window um, uh, kind of mid-August through the beginning of September, and that is when um, families can apply for home ownership. We reach out to the community in a bunch of different ways to let people know about the opportunity, and people can come into our office. Our director of programs, Teresa, is amazing. She sits down, she meets with all of the people, she lets them know all the, the paperwork that they need to have ready, and really walks them through the process of applying for the Habitat program. And then the families go through a lengthy, extensive uh, process about, uh, you know, who who qualifies for a partnership opportunity, and we are getting close, I think now, probably in the next week or so. Is that not correct, Josh? right um to have our next batch of families selected and ready to go and then they'll partner with our volunteers uh and work on actually building the home we do reach out to the community to have um other um groups and organizations uh we do you know do some subcontracting um on some instances but the financing part is pretty complex and i can let josh kind of handle that
3: sure so um yeah so that's the home ownership piece so uh, you know, building the homes is uh, is at the cornerstone of what we do, which is kind of what Deanna had alluded to. And uh, we have other programs as well that go through an application process. Uh, but for home ownership, uh, we build those homes, uh, but then we partner with those home buyers to go through education uh, curriculums to help them be prepared to be successful homeowners. Um, but in order for us to stay sustainable as an organization and to cover the costs that, the rising, increasing costs of land and um, home construction. Uh, we actually use a multiple. Uh, we use multiple uh, methods of financing our mortgages. Um, now we've evolved into what's called a loan pool. So we work with local bank investors who provide annual um, annual contributions into a pool that then finance uh, the loan at closing. So we're able to take um, you know that capital from the sale to put into the next project, which works uh, pretty well for us. It's still, um, the interest rate is still well below market. So we keep it affordable, but then we also provide a subsidy. So we actually cover the difference between the appraisal and what the buyer qualifies for, which sometimes can be 75, hundred dollars difference. Uh, we cover that with down payment assistance or uh, just a subsidy out of our budget. So that's how we make sure we keep it affordable, not only at the time of purchase, but also throughout the term of the mortgage um, because our, our home buyers don't qualify uh for mortgages at a traditional bank
0: that's how we uh we work with them Josh how many units of uh, buildings do you do a year I assume you can build a project in, in one year or less right
3: yeah so we actually on average six, six, six or seven months to build a habitat house uh we're usually building and closing on six uh new construction units a year um on top of that we do of course uh, a rehab project here and there And then we have our owner occupied repair projects as well.
2: Okay, just generally
0: six homes are built.
2: Yeah, just to take a step back from there. How many people apply to be part of your pool, you know, that you go in and review? I I would assume that's a lot of people just come into your front door and be like, Hey, pick me.
1: Yeah, I think we gave out 160 applications this year, and we got, I believe, about 120 um, back is that a correct number? Josh? i'm I'm pretty around, sure. there. Right yep. around there. around mm-hmm. there. Um, so it it is a very, um, Tough isn't the right word, but it's it it's uh, it's hard. We'd like to be able to say yes to 120 people. Um, some people make too much to qualify for our program and some people make too little to qualify for our program. They're assuming a 30 year mortgage. So we want to make sure that we're partnering with individuals that will be able to uh, to, um, you know, live in that home and live in that home for for, uh, you know, 30 years.
2: Sure. So uh, again, before we get too far off to just this track, a while ago, the other groups who do home construction, they will often uh, cite their low foreclosure rates of the persons in their homes and of their property because of the education and, and then of the vetting process. Would you have an idea of what your rate might be for those units that you've assisted with?
3: Yeah, so we we have a portfolio of about a hundred mortgages uh, that we've um, they're active. Of course, we've we've built nearly two hundred and. Uh, lots of our homeowners have paid off their mortgages uh, successfully. Our foreclosure rate is very low. I've been here eight years. I think we've uh, only gone into foreclosure a couple of times in that eight years. Uh, the delinquency rate um, is a little bit higher. That, but that's you know that can be anywhere from 30 to 90 days delinquent on their payments. And you know because of the what you said with education ahead of time uh, and keeping the payment uh, affordable for them from the beginning. Uh, our homeowners are usually uh, able to uh, consistently make those payments moving forward. But as you know, things happen. And so we work with them on payment plans and ways to get caught up. Um, the, the biggest challenge that we're seeing right now is the increase in property taxes and the huge escrow increases for our homeowners. So just you know, trying to make sure that we're padding that ratio at the front end uh, to make sure that there's some wiggle room for them over time. Uh, but out of the hundred, you know, we usually are working with only a handful of our homeowners who are 30 to 90 days behind and almost always get caught up.
2: Sure. You know, I, I want to kind of go into some of this, you know, financing bits that they had to talk about. The first one was a loan pool. And I, and I get that idea of just banks, maybe it's their, uh, you know, reinvestment funds. Right. Then there's a subsidy and then the people provide so much you sell the home um so that's money going in and then the money going out is you know mortgage it is is do you have a developer do you have a developer fee that you put onto the you know process to help pay for you and your staff or is it no nope,
3: no that's not a fee that we pass on to the buyer anyway uh, we keep track of those costs the best we can but we fund those through uh donations and grants uh, you know we're we're a recipient of the Nebraska Affordable Housing Trust fund that helps cover some of our overhead costs. Uh, a recent recipient of uh, the Lincoln Community Foundation had affordable housing money that they awarded uh, multiple nonprofits including Habitat. Some of that helps cover those costs as well
2: so I want to save the second half of the show just for you know getting into what do we need to do or what are those magic wand pieces that we you know, need to do more? But mm-hmm. kinda wanna just perhaps end this first half with we talk about selling a house. So can you just briefly describe the size of the house you're building and the areas that they are and just how much they're you know, what is the true cost of construction, then what are what is their percentage that they're paying for and what's that an average subsidy look like? Sure.
3: But uh, Dan, I'll let you kind of take the description of the home <laughs> and then we can talk about the the money say.
1: Sure. So um, families who qualify for a program usually are qualifying for 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 multiple reasons. One of them is oftentimes they're living in an overcrowded situation. So these are families of six. Families of seven um, that are, you know, living in a two-bedroom apartment or a, a three-bedroom trailer. So most of the houses that we've been building lately are four-bedroom homes, four to five-bedroom homes, um, and uh, they're they're beautiful, but they're efficient. Uh, we try to make them as uh, as cost-effective as possible. Um, and recently, we just closed on our first set of townhomes, and we are um, in the process of working on our second set of townhomes um, as we speak. But we we make sure that they're as affordable as, as we can um, for the for the home buyers. Yeah, and, and really um, as Deanna said, we, we do our best
3: to keep you know the cost of construction at a reasonable amount. Uh but really post post-pandemic has just been really challenging. And any home builder or developer will tell you that. Uh for Habitat, we we were uh blessed and lucky for a long time to be able to rely on the generosity of the community not only for our uh, core volunteers we're able to utilize volunteers in a lot of ways that other developers are having to pay for that labor uh, so that helps keep our costs in check um, but we also get in-kind donations of materials and labor which is always helpful we always appreciate that um, but then we we just have to pay for stuff too so that's deanna's main job is uh, fundraising and bringing money in the door so that we can work with local contractors who have a business to run um and you know we we like to partner with them and and pay for that too so uh, our home buyers uh, purchase the home for the appraised value but they only pay back what they qualify for and that difference is the subsidy that we uh, that we cover through grants or donations and other sources
0: well we're having a conversation here about uh, Habitat for Humanity with uh, Josh and Deanna with that program we're going to take a short break don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back to Our Streets, Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder. And we're having a conversation today with uh, Josh Hanshaw and Deanna Waltz with Habitat for Humanity. And in the first uh, half of our show, they gave us a lot of really good information about the programs and building houses uh, and helping uh, get people into new homes. But they do other things, too. And so um, we want to have them talk about and, And maybe, Josh, you can start off with uh you do a program of helping people to repair their homes is that correct
3: yeah that's right so uh, as I mentioned before you know our cornerstone really is the new construction program that's what most people think of when they uh, think of Habitat for Humanity it's swinging the hammers building houses selling them uh, but there's a lot of people in our community who already own their home uh, who are in need of uh, critical repairs is mostly what we're focusing on so that could be you know, in the middle of the dead middle of uh, summer and their air conditioner goes out or it's the middle of winter and their heater goes out. Uh, that's where we come in where we can work with uh, our contractor partners to help um, either make a repair or replacement. Uh, and then we actually cover that cost up front and loan it to those homeowners at zero interest for a term that that is affordable for them. Uh, and we have partners in that program. LES is a major partner uh, in that program. Uh, NIFA is an, another major uh, funder um, because, you know, they not everyone needs a brand new home. We've got the opportunity to rehab uh, units that are already existing in our community. And we want people to, to be able to stay in their homes. But in order to do that, it has to be affordable. And we want to, we want people who are already having uh, difficulties financially to avoid payday lenders or putting things on credit cards or, you know, ex- expensive financing um, or even the Uh, the hassle of having to borrow money from from a family member or something Um, So, uh, (laughs) you know habitat is able to um help you know connect those homeowners with a reputable contractor get the work done but do it in an affordable
2: way how many of those do you do a year
3: uh well we've just kind of really launched the program so our target this year is 12 and then we are set to double that within the next year uh, and so we'll, we'll continue to increase that number as, uh, as need, as the need rises or comes in and as we fund it.
2: Right. Cool. Yeah. And- you know, uh, in the first half of the show, and hopefully this is a germane trend transition, but in the first half of the show, we were talking about putting people in the homes and I'm also looking for, before, before it leaves my mind, when we think about the cost of a home for like a four or five bedroom home, I think that 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 kind of home would probably value out you know around four hundred thousand dollars and you know that's what some of the market data would would then tell us what is your appraisals coming out for the product that you are producing on just for the community can you give me some context there sure so
3: our the latest project for example as deanna mentioned where our first set of townhomes those appraised at about two hundred and fifty four thousand a piece um, those are, you know, there's, uh, no garage, the basement's generally unfinished. They're very nice quality units, uh, but, and they're built so that the homeowner can grow the home buyer and homeowner can grow into them. Uh, but we do it efficiently and as cost effective as effective as possible. But in, in this market, you know, the, the comps that we're using for the appraisals, uh, have really driven the cost, um, of our homes up. When I started, we were 150, 175 and now we're generally seeing 220
0: to 250 per unit that's for a town home. right sure. what about uh what about a freestanding single-family home what uh what kind of a appraisal are you seeing on those
3: yeah so it kind of depends on what part of town or or you know what comps they are using we're we're generally between 210 and 240 probably on a single family again we've we've made some changes but those are uh no no garage generally sure. unfinished basements um, but yeah uh, low
0: 200s okay
2: very good so, but just just the idea of like even at a depending on what your down payment assistance is and you're using home fund for that is, is that what you're using uh, Yep.
3: Yeah. so there well we use the trust fund Nebraska Housing trust, trust fund and then the Lincoln Community Foundation also has provided a grant to help cover that gap as well
2: so just brass tacks weed stuff I like weeds yeah, so like New Works Lincoln, when they assist with a home, this is their minimum down payment. Sometimes it ranges from one percent to three percent. Where are you falling on your down down percent for your programs?
3: Yeah, so our program is a little bit unique in that you know we've got say we've got the appraised value of two hundred and fifty. This okay. borrower may only qualify for one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and fifty, sure. and so we we you know subsidize the rest. Uh, we do use home funds. Uh, the, the City of Lincoln provides home funds to Habitat. We generally use that to acquire properties. And then, you know, that value transfers to the buyer and sits deferred for as long as they live there. So that's technically uh, kind of down payment because it helps cover that gap.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and then we use multiple other sources. Um, and then anything that's left just sits deferred uh, for as long as they live there. I, I'm not sure on a percentage. Um, you know, fine. it could be, it could be 10 to even 20%
0: sometimes. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. So, so Josh, just just so I understand you, you said the, you're talking about the land? Yeah. The land is, is. Uh, where do you acquire the lots? And then how does that work? That You were just explaining, I just didn't catch that yeah. or understand that the city is covering the cost of the land? So the city, uh,
3: the city is awarded home funds from uh, housing and urban development. So it's federal funding that's awarded federal to the city funding. for affordable housing. And then the okay. city sub, sub awards or sub contracts with us, uh, we buy the land and then it's reimbursed through that grant. And then we pass that on to the buyer. And then that note sits separately with the city of Lincoln for as long as that homeowner lives there uh, so that it keeps that portion of the mortgage deferred so that it's affordable.
0: Right, yeah, so exactly. they're not actually making payments on the value of the land correct that note stays with the within the grant program stays with the city e- yes yep so okay. if that if so that, if that order
3: ever, sells or yeah. defaults or anything like that that amount
0: comes As, due at that time comes due okay now yeah. i got it thanks for yep. thanks for explaining that you're so, welcome. so getting into some of the uh, uh you know meat
2: potatoes of why i wanted how do you on for this conversation is When we look at what are the constraints that you have to do your work right now? I know we talked about material costs, mortgage rates, things like that. What are some of the other factors that limit your ability to do more? Is it just as simple as there's not enough land that we can find at an appropriate rate in an area that qualifies for home funds or is it other things?
3: Yeah, Dan, I'll let you take that first and then I
1: can add on. Uh, The answer to that is yes. (laughs) finding land is the our biggest challenge at habitat and finding it in an area where we're able to use the home funds uh you know we want our homeowners to be able to um you know have a home in a a decent neighborhood no no one needs to be living right next door to to train tracks even though i do but it's uh it's not it's not a pleasant environment um i'll tell you that much um we want to make sure that they live um in uh safe in, in neighborhoods um and uh, are able to grow that, uh, those relationships.
3: Yeah, I think land is definitely a challenge. Um, you know, also the ability for us to rehab, uh, the, the investor uh, the investor population in Lincoln is strong and it's hard to compete with that as a nonprofit. And so our ability to have the, I guess the, the capacity and know-how to get in and rehab or well, one, acquire it quickly, quick enough, and then to rehab it uh, appropriately to turn around and sell is a challenge for us as a small nonprofit. So, um, you know, with with combating the land challenge, it's okay, well, let's buy some properties, rehab and resell, uh, but there's some capacity and some some growing um, capacity building and growing that needs to be done there to do that. Um, but then just the the sheer cost. Um, I had mentioned the pandemic earlier. One of the ways we survived the pandemic was, and in order to keep things moving was to hire out a lot of the work that volunteers were previously doing. And so we've, um, in order to keep production moving, we still rely on contractors uh, for certain phases of construction that we used to not have to pay for. So our overall cost has gone up um, drastically over the years. So you know, just the ability to fund uh, the program, the loan pool to grow the loan pool, and then where, where do we build? Uh, those are the big challenges for us. So, and uh,
1: I, I think Josh hit on on something too that I I had in my brain um, before, you know, as we talked about land, but also um, volunteers is something that we're needing to um, to grow in um, that area as well. Speaking of the pandemic, we had a wonderful set of core volunteer um, members who would work on our homes. In fact, I think it was the same eight people that worked on our homes for two years straight. They are rock star superheroes, um, but you know, two years was two years ago. Um, and as we all move forward in time, we all get a little bit older. And um, sometimes it's it's nice to 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 retire. Um, so we're always looking for new volunteers to come in and join join us on our builds.
0: Well, so, well, I was gonna say we before we wrap up the show, we have two big important things we want you to be able to talk about. One is your restore store. And so let's cover that, and then uh, we'll wrap up with, giving out information how people can volunteer and how they can contact you etc so talk about the restore before we run out of time sure well I'll, I'll just briefly cover
3: what it is our restore has been open for uh eight i think eight years now um something like that uh eight or nine years uh and so um time flies i guess but it's a it's a store that we operate It we accept uh new and used building materials uh appliances furniture those home decor those kinds of things it's open to the public uh so we 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 rely on donors uh, to donate materials to sell but then also customers to come in and purchase and the funds from uh, the restore help fund our mission so it's kind of a dual benefit where it generates revenue for us but also keeps a lot of stuff out of the landfill